I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 All right, let's do this. You shouldn't be surprised, by the way, that Cavino and Rich don't cuddle. They're both in Mexico right now, but not even remotely close uh, in the in the same place. They're not even remotely close to each other. They are on different coasts of Mexico uh, right now, enjoying some very ve- uh, very well warranted time off. Welcome in as we're broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there an unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over ten thousand recommended installers. TireRack the way tire buying should be. I shouldn't be so um, mad at Aaron Rodgers or angry with Aaron Rodgers or uh, just uh, disapprove of Aaron Rodgers and the way he goes about things, uh, Aaron, because Aaron Rodgers always gives us something to talk about, even when he says he's not talking because he still talks. But when he talks, he doesn't say anything, even though sometimes he does say a lot. So it's this interesting point with Rodgers all over the map. But today, sat down. Now, he's not going to be a Pat McAfee show every single week in the offseason. That's not going to happen. But Rodgers did have a, a... an interview with them last month, then was going to go into his darkness retreat. And now as the NFL league year began, free agency is here. A happy new year to all football fans. Aaron Rodgers did speak with Pat McAfee on the Pat McAfee show and uh, had this to say about his intentions for 2023. At this point, as I sit here, you know, I think since Friday, I made it clear that my intention was to play and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. And I haven't been holding anything up at this point. It's been compensation that the Packers are trying to get for me and kind of digging their heels in. You know, it's funny as we looked at this topic and if you're just joining us, welcome. If you missed the first hour after the show, just go to FoxSportsRadio.com, click on podcast and you can catch it. But Aaron and I, you and I were talking just about this situation. I didn't necessarily believe uh, that Rogers was being entirely truthful 
He said he went into the darkness thinking that he was going to be retired and then came out and decided that he wanted to play and then thought the Packers changed their mind while he was in their darkness of what they wanted to do with him. Well, that tells me that he didn't want to play for the Packers. If he was thinking about retiring, at no point was he saying, I want to be a Green Bay Packer. So him to be offended that the team maybe was looking to move on from him or move away from him or trying to shop him maybe shouldn't be a surprise since he didn't give them any indication that he still wanted to play with them or play for them. So I don't I, I don't believe in everything that Aaron Rodgers says um, as being the absolute truth. It may be his truth. I just don't think that is that is the absolute truth. But I even found it interesting in the wording there of him saying, like, I've, I've decided that I wanted to play and I wanted to play for the New York Jets. And I thought that I thought that the message should be I decided I wanted to play for the New York Jets because it almost seems like the Jets got a silver medal in all of this that I wanted to play. And then I, then I wanted to play for the New York Jets. He should have just came out and said, you know what? I want to be a Jet. And that's why I, you know, I, 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 I don't want to retire. I want to do big things. But it's basically, it's like something that you mentioned earlier is it's maybe the lack of options that was the reason that Aaron Rodgers said, I want to play and I want to play as a New York Jet. Well, and it leads me to the question that I, I wanted to ask you, even dating back to hour one, which is like, what do you like? Like, and I'm not saying like, I'm asking you, Dan Byer, like, what do you expect? Because I think on the one hand, oldest quarterback, I believe, remaining in the league with Tom Brady's retirement uh, injuries last year, regression last year. And I could see where and like, I think, oh, and it's the Jets, right? And it never works out for the Jets. So I can see that aspect of people saying it's just not going to happen. It's not going to work out. It's not going to whatever. But this is, like I said in, in hour one, this is the first time since 2005 in that green room where he is not wanted, where somebody is telling him you're no longer good enough or we don't deem you to be good enough. And I can see the scenario where he balls out. Now, again, it's the AFC. He's got to go through Mahomes and Burrow and Lawrence now is emerging and Justin Herbert has a real offensive coordinator. So, like, I'm not saying that that – a great season for Aaron Rodgers means going back to the Super Bowl for the first time in forever. But, but you know, I, I, I do it, – it, just listening to other people, I've gotten the sentiment that it feels as though most people do not think this is going to work because he's old, because it's the Jets, because it's whatever. But I could also see the scenario where it, it, it actually goes very well and he does have some success and the team does elevate. He is the missing piece that they need. Because I really do think there is something to the psychology of what you just talked about, Dan, which is that however Aaron Rodgers wants to spin it, whether he wants to be the victim or he wants to put pressure on the the Packers to make a move, whatever it is, what is clear from today and what is clear from Mark Murphy's comments last week and what is clear from every piece of information that we have is essentially the the, the Packers said, thank you for your services. You're no longer wanted here. So I'm just going to toss it back to you. That was a long setup for me to no, ask. I got gotcha. you. What do you expect? I'm just, I'm just curious because yeah. I, I, I could see either thing happening and I'm open to either side. So I'm just kind of curious on your perspective. Yeah, I, I think that he'll have – I think he'll have a great 2023 and then after that, I think is when you will see the decline. I think that there's motivation. I think that he'll take all the steps necessary this offseason to make sure that he is available and that the Jets are ready, something he didn't do with Green Bay last year. And whose problem is that? Um, that's supposed to be the Packers' problem. And I'm not trying to be all Packers here and anti-Aaron Rodgers, but I do think him being extremely motivated – uh, will help. Look what happened when he wanted to prove that he was an MVP. He went and won back-to-back MVPs. Sure. 
How motivated was he last year? I'm not sure that he was. I don't think that his game is once what it you know once was. There are some decisions that he's made. I mean, heck, in the, the playoff game, not this past season, but in the year before against the 49ers, and just chucking it up to Devontae Adams, and you had a wide open, I believe, Alan Lazard running across the middle of the field in, a, you know, in, in their playoff game that they ended up losing. He did the same thing, I think, in the game against the Lions at the end of the, of the regular season. Like, there, there are times when he makes decisions that don't necessarily uh, are, are in line with other Aaron Rodgers decisions that he's made throughout his career. He's going to be older. I mean, he's going to be 40 at some point in a Jets uniform, and I think that you'll see some some drop-off there. But I think for 2023, I think he'll be extremely motivated. I think he'll be really, really good. And he he has this bit of LeBron James in him that he knows how to get his numbers. Sure. And he knows what numbers um, matter, and it's touchdown passes, it's lack of interceptions, and I think you're going to see that. And, and by the way, for this Jets team, that's a really good thing because Zach Wilson couldn't move the football, and when he was, he was being sacked or throwing it to the other team, and that, that that's a problem. That is not going to happen with, with Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to throw 15 interceptions uh, next season. It's not. He's probably going to throw five, and one of them is probably going to be tipped. You know, so it's like Mm -hmm. so like that is because he he knows how to manipulate those sort of numbers. But just to have someone not be able to turn over the football, I think will be a big thing with the Jets. The other thing that I find interesting, and I go back to this this clip of Garrett Wilson last training camp, and he was talking about what it was like. And he was just talking about catching passes from Joe Flacco and what it was like and why Flacco's football was different. Like, Flacco's football was a professional quarterback throw. (laughs) And I don't think that it was a knock on Zach Wilson or even Mike White at the time, whoever was throwing to him in the training camp. But it does show you, like, these guys that that were good in their career and Rodgers is one of the best, they know how to throw a football. And I think that a guy like Garrett Wilson and the other pieces around uh, will benefit from that. So I think that it does work out in 2023. What is work out? I think they'll, they're a playoff team. I, I mean, I, I don't think they're going to go to the Super Bowl, but I think they're a playoff team. So in that aspect, that's what I think works out for the Jets. 2024, I have no idea. Um, I don't think it's going to be as good as 2023, though. Well, and they always say, right, like time reveal. I, I don't know what the right term is, but but essentially – at some point, to, for lack of a better term, Aaron Rodgers is going to regress to the mean. And regress to the mean at this point in his career is not fully bought in in the offseason, not fully bought in on the team, makes it about himself. Um, all of the things that, that, frankly, are why, as we've discussed, like I, I think most Packers fans are ready to move on from him. And so I'm, I'm with you, is that I can see the scenario where he says all the right things, where he does all the right things for this year. As you said, he's engaged in the offseason. But eventually, he's going to be who he is, and there's a reason that the Packers seem willing and maybe even, you know, efforting to push him out the door. Um, so yeah, I, I think that I'm probably with you, and it's but but I I also think that you and I, I I don't know that we are in the consensus. It feels like more people that I've heard, and I'm not saying that I, I take every person's opinion to to you know whatever, but more people that I've heard seem to think it's the Jets. He's old. He's coming off injury. Oh, it's the AFC. Something bad is going to happen. It's going to be a disaster. 
I just don't see that. Not with the way that he's invested. He's obviously going to have uh, a lot of talent around him. Now, you know, how much more talent is added remains to be seen. He claims there was no wish list, nothing like that. But obviously, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, we know the talent and why he's so excited to get there. Um, and I tend to agree with you. I, I, this isn't obviously a five or 10 year commitment. It can't be at his age, but I could see it going very well in 2023. This is what is interesting. I'm just going to pass along these numbers. These are hypothetical win totals. Uh, Fox bet put together. You ready for this? Sure. Without Rogers, both Packers and jets. Let's just say Rogers retires the uh, hypothetical win total in a 17 game season. Uh, Green Bay over seven and a half jets over seven and a half. That's minus 110 on those. That's what that's what the hypothetical win total would be. Here's where it gets interesting. With Rodgers on the Packers, their win total the over uh, of 9 is minus 130. The win total of the Jets over 10 minus 150. So those numbers tell me that Aaron Rodgers means more to the on the you know Aaron Rodgers means more to the Jets of being a Jet than Aaron Rodgers would mean to the Green Bay Packers of him being a Green Bay Packer. And so I thought those were very, just very unique numbers in terms of what it does in a boost for the team. Um, Green Bay, maybe not that much different, you know, than than what they, you know, were this past season. But to, to have it at over 10 be a minus 150 for the Jets just tells you on how much the Jets needed a guy like Rodgers. Well, yeah, exactly. A guy like Rodgers, basically, and, and this is why from the beginning there's been reciprocal interest. I mean, I think he can, you know, to use the, the LeBron James analogy, I mean, he can see the young talent there and why he can elevate it. And I think the Jets obviously see that he is essentially the missing piece for them. So um, I'm fascinated. And, and, you know, I'm fascinated for all the obvious reasons on the field, off the field, with the media. Um, I think it's going to be fascinating, like you said, to, to lead the segment. Aaron Rodgers always knows how to keep himself in the headlines. And, you know, the content on the field, the content off the field, it's going to be something else. And, and it'll also just be interesting, obviously, two matchups against Belichick, two matchups hopefully against Josh Allen. Um, I, I'm just – I'm excited for every element of it, and I know today is more about the news of what he said. But at some point we do have to start looking ahead of what it looks like with Aaron Rodgers as the Jets' starting quarterback. I think the whole thing's going to be fascinating. Yeah, I think they're a playoff team. I, I think in 2023 you will see that team in the postseason. He's Aaron Torres. Get him on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me, Dan Bayer, on Twitter at Dan Bayer on Fox as today's Cavito and Rich show – is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Coming up next, the NBA says eight is enough for one of their superstars. That's next here, live from the TireRack.com studios on Fox Sports Radio. Shopping for tires can be, well, deflating. Not at TireRack.com. Fast, free shipping and free road hazard protection are just the start. Did you know that they test tires? They've got their own test track where they push tires to the limit. Great traction and a comfortable ride. They share the results so you can make an informed choice. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Not sure where to begin? Well, try the tire decision guide for a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. They only sell the best, like the full line of Hankook tires. Ship fast and free to you or one of their 10,000 recommended installers. 
Check that over 10,000 recommended installers with free road hazard protection. Mobile tire installation is available in many areas. They'll bring new tires to you at home or at work and install them on site. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Again, that's TireRack.com slash sports to see their Honkook test results and special offers. That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Camino and Rich on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, we aren't talking about love. We are talking hoops, though. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer. Maybe we talk about our love for hoops. That could be apropos. Be sure to join Fox Sports Radio's Million Dollar Bracket Challenge, something that I know you'll love. That's right, the Million Dollar Bracket Challenge. If you fill out a perfect bracket at foxsportsradio.com, you will win $1 million. You can also compete against Fox Sports Radio hosts like Aaron and myself and fellow listeners. The listener 
who finishes in first place wins a prize pack featuring a Legacy Box 40-item trunk valued at nearly $1,200. It's where you can turn old family movies and pictures into digital keepsakes. You will also get a Traeger meter block. That's valued at $350. It's the ultimate way to monitor meat on the grill. And a chalk bundle valued, valued at nearly $500 featuring not one, not two, but nine popular supplements found at choq.com to reclaim your vitality. All in all, it's a prize pack valued at over $2,000. So again, fill out your brackets right now because time is wasting. Go to foxsportsradio.com. You have until noon Eastern time on Thursday. That's foxsportsradio.com to fill out your bracket and to get official rules. Are you set? Are you good with your final four? Are you good with your national champion, Aaron? Well, I'll tell you, we didn't even discuss our our interview with Jared Smith in hour one, but... He said Houston is the best team in the tournament, according to the metrics. I actually picked Houston to win. Um, he said that uh, Drake over Miami was something he felt confident in. That is my – literally, I was asked the to pick one double-digit seed to win. I picked Drake. And then he's a Penn State alum that says he doesn't like how they match up with Texas A&M. That is actually my best bet, Texas A&M minus three. So, either Jared Smith and I are totally on the same wavelength and we're geniuses, or we're both going to look really stupid stupid by you know midday on friday so that remains to be seen but i feel more confident in my bracket now that jared smith basically confirmed literally everything i've been thinking about this thing <laughs> uh jason stewart does is your final four is your bracket you good or what's what's the deal oh no i'll let you guys talk about that um but i do have this comment and i said this to doug uh on our podcast it really is a no-win situation for aaron torres and doug gottlieb to do a bracket because if if anything has revealed more i don't know uh incorrect answers it's this tournament so you're putting yourself in a position as a college basketball expert trying to predict something that is the definition of unpredictable so i i'm guessing that you have you resent the fact that you have to post a bracket do you not aaron or is it something that you kind of enjoy and don't take too serious I'll tell you, I remember vividly saying this. I was uh, on Cowherd's couch one time and he asked me this question. I said, you know, I'm, I'm more of the Bill Belichick. I focus on myself. Um, I just get annoyed at myself. Like, because, you know, whatever sport it is, you watch something and then you form an opinion. And sometimes you get it right, but it's like a, a, it's like a coach. You only remember the ones that you lost. And so I sit there and say... I knew I didn't want to pick this game this way, but I picked it anyway. And so it's not everybody coming at me. It's more like me being like, I knew I should not have done that, and I did it anyway. And there is, to your point, Jason, literally 15 of those uh, over the course of, of the tournament. So it, it, I, it, the other people don't bother me, but I, I do, to, to your guys' point earlier, get in my own head, especially with a lot of these picks. There's, this, is, this is where I find the bracket in filling out a bracket, and if you actually in, involve time uh, into it, where I find it maddening, is you usually know on what top seeds you want to lose. Right, like you look at a bracket and you're like, I don't think Purdue's any good. So then you're like, okay, what team do I have beating Purdue? And then you start to like, okay, do I have, you know, let's just say that they, you know, they advance through the first round and then they have Memphis or FAU. And you're like, you know what? I think Memphis is the team that can beat Purdue. And that's the one that will do it. Well, the problem is, is Memphis beating FAU is no guarantee. Yeah. 
you know, so and it's why I asked about the A&M Penn State game, not because Jared was a Penn State alum, but simply that's also one of the games where it's not an eight nine matchup, but it is seven ten. You have two teams that played on Sunday, and uh, by many accounts, some think will be the best game that we see in the first round. And so, like, if you have A&M that you want to go for a, a run because you think they can beat Texas, and if they would beat Xavier in the next round, absolutely. But there's just absolute no guarantee that they will get past Penn State. And that's the problem that I find with myself of I know what teams I think are going to lose and who I want to win. It's just that Cinderella that I have, can I truly believe that they're going to get out of the you know their first round game? That's where I end up having the biggest issues. Well, two thoughts on that. One is this is why, like I hate – I don't hate it's it's a privilege anytime anyone asks you a sports opinion working in this business but like when people are like well who who's the team nobody's talking about that can make a run and I'm always like like I'm not trying to be that guy but you need to see a bracket right because every year like like I'll give you a perfect example UCLA this year all we've heard about is how banged up they are this and that but now you see a bracket and they actually have a very advantageous path. Like, they're, pro- they're going to play the winner of Northwestern Boise if they get by UNC Asheville. And then all of a sudden, they're in the Sweet 16 and anything can happen. And so that's part of why I'm always hesitant to say, I, I really like this team or I really hate this team. But then also to your point, Dan, um, I think it does speak to um, something that I always try to say as well to Jay Stu's point when people ask me stuff is like, Take every game as a one-game tournament because you're exactly right. Is I would really like this team if they play that team, but I don't think that team is going to win the game before. And so when you're filling out your bracket, don't go in saying, oh, you know, I mean, I love Houston. They're going to the Final Four. It's like, we'll see, you know, who are they playing in the first round, then the second round, then the third round. Um, I don't know if that actually helps. I don't know if it's common sense, but that's the way I try to approach it is never going in saying, I haven't liked Purdue all year, so I have to pick them to lose early because you just never know how the bracket's going to fall until we actually actually see it on that Sunday I just I you you try to have a picture of what the bracket's gonna look like and I just go back to two years ago and it's meant no disrespect to Oregon State as the 12 seed but um you know like even St. Peter's last year I mean that was that was out of nowhere but if you were to take a 12 seed like Oregon State I'd actually not even let's just take a 12 seed like everybody's going to pick a 12 because, you know, 12 upsets a five. You know, we get that. That's the stat almost every year. You know, we see that sort of upset, but there's just no way that you're going to put that 12 to go all the way to the regional final. And especially like that year that it was Oregon State. I know it was the COVID year, you know, like when it was played in Indiana, the entire tournament. But. You know, there was a break there where Illinois lost, and then, you know, they end up beating Loyola of Chicago. It just, you know, it's like those scenarios where you just you count on a team. That's why I think, like, NC State, a team that really hasn't done anything as of late, like, all of a sudden, like, we could be like, but what is NC State doing in the regional final? You know, like, <laughs> no one would even have them even beating Creighton, let alone getting to the Elite Eight. Um, but that's where that's where I end up, like, I, that's why I love the brackets. It's those sort of situations that no one saw coming. No, and I, I just, like I said, it's why 
when I fill out a bracket, I, I just try I try to just eliminate preconceived notions. And I know we're getting like nerdy bracket talk, but this is probably the day on the calendar to do it. Is like you got to throw out, you know, even if you, whether you're somebody that that just pays attention the week of the bracket or championship week or whatever, or you're somebody who does watch bas- college basketball regular season, like you do have to kind of find that balance between throwing out preconceived notions, but then to our conversation with Jared Smith earlier in the show, not completely going too far in on what you just saw last week and that's what to jay stew's point like makes this such a fun tournament is you can be somebody that watches all year you could be somebody that starts tuning in last week but there's always like like there's a reason that everybody offers the million dollar bracket challenge it's because nobody's going to pick a perfect bracket because no matter how much you know or how much you don't know there's going to be something that you just can't expect uh and that is obviously the charm and the fun of the bracket as well well the, that that's why you do have to join the fox sports radio million dollar bracket challenge because you could win a million dollars if you get that perfect bracket i'll i'll say this and we this is with all due respect with jared um coming on earlier in in terms of we know how busy Vegas is in a week like this, you know, of just everybody going to Vegas and betting on these games and how popular it is. And now states that allow betting, I, I, I suppose those betting establishments are super busy. I do believe, and I and I, I saw it today, and I've seen it throughout the week, Aaron. It's kind of a broad picture, but it, it narrows down to, to the NCAA tournament. Throughout the, since November, Listen, we understand that college basketball does not grab the pulse of the sports fan on a national level. Regionally, I think it is it is very, very strong, but you're just not going to have those national college basketball conversations like maybe you did 20 years ago. I think that's pretty apparent. But everybody is in on the brackets, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like, and, and I use everybody, not meaning everybody, but a lot of people, just like fantasy football. Right. Like that's that's there, there are so many people that play fantasy football and it is opening up the NFL to a whole new audience that they never thought that they would have. And I think that's what it's done for college basketball or the mm-hmm. bracket, con- you know, contest. Heck, they put an actual bracket in a logo like like that's the March Madness logo features actual brackets because that's what people are drawn to. I know there are people who bet on games, but by and large, I think people just want to know who's going to win or lose. Do I need to – should I be worried about this guy? Should I be worried about this team? Who can make the run? And so much of the content, to your point, like I know that you said earlier, of like what's the team that can make – you know, that, that can make a run, that's what people are looking at to have their brackets solved. Like I don't think people care if Furman can cover against Virginia. Sure. I think what people want to know is can Furman beat Virginia? And, yeah. I, and, I, and, and I just watched a, a, a show, I'll just say it, CBS – you know, Sportsnet had, you know, a tournament preview on earlier this afternoon. And all they were doing, Aaron, was going through a guy's bracket that wasn't a college basketball insider, that wasn't a former coach or a current coach or anything, but they were just going through his bracket. Now, it may be to fill time, which I don't think is a great use of time, but what I do think happens is that they realize that that's why people are watching this show. They want to know who to put in their bracket. And so if you can show them a bracket to um, on, on what you may have and who you have advancing, it's far better for them to do that than to have somebody break down Memphis against Florida Atlantic in a first-round game. No, I, I agree 100%. And, and that's what, you know, again, first of all, it's what makes the um – 
makes the event so fun is that you don't need to be a gambler and you don't need to be an expert. You know, I'll just give a quick example. I'm sure everybody has one in their family, but you know, for years we try to get my sister-in-law, Hey, fill out a bracket. It'll be fun. And she looks at the bracket and said, this is too confusing. I don't want to do it. And then you kind of explain, well, you just pick this team versus this team. Oh, you like them to win. You write their name here. Then, and then all the bracket, and then she figured it out. And then last year was the first year that she, um, that she like was into it because she's like, oh, did I pick that team or that team? Did I pick Utah State or Missouri? Whatever. Um, And it's just such a fun event. It's such a fun event. And to your point, I do think today, most of today, is people scrounging for any last-minute information to help them win their bracket, probably much more so than than gambling. And and by the way, you know, gambling is awesome and it's fun and, you know, it's obviously getting bigger and bigger every year, more and more states. But I do still think there's something to filling out that bracket for 5 bucks, 10 bucks, whatever, and uh, and it's it's gonna you know it's it's fun and it's gonna keep being fun starting again tomorrow. John ja Morant suspended eight games by the NBA. He's already missed five of those. Not gonna play tonight, which will make it six. He'll miss two more and then be allowed to return to the team as soon as Monday. Uh, at first blush. Uh, I, I feel that the NBA kind of uh, went light on, on John Morant with this uh, eight-game penalty, especially considering, and I know it's coming down to money, but especially considering that he had missed uh, five games already and the team had said that he wouldn't return uh, until Friday at the earliest. Well, now he's not going to be able to because of the NBA ban, but I did not think that the NBA would hand out just an eight-game ban with more than 50% of it already served. Well, and beyond that, remember, there was a two-game ban initially by the Memphis Grizzlies. So, unless I'm mistaken, it's really a six-game ban by the NBA, um, which allows him to obviously come back soon. Uh, it was an interesting it was, game. Yeah, it was two games, and then there were four more, and then he's going to miss the two that yes. he could have had. So, that makes the eight. So, so yeah, so we really – I'm not in in no way, shape, or form am I criticizing you, but to call it an eight-game NBA ban when the Grizzlies put on the first two, the NBA is basically giving them six, and and most of it is time served. So it's an interesting deal, um, and and I think what's more interesting is obviously there was a report earlier this week that he had sought treatment of some sort, um, and then there was a report today that obviously he's coming back soon. Um, And so I think rightfully a lot of people are questioning how serious was his pursuit of treatment. Now, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN reported that the treatment really essentially started as soon as he left the team. So I'm not here to say what is genuine and what isn't, but um, it does seem interesting to me the timing of it all um, and it seems interesting to me of of was there actual intent to get treatment or was that a PR release by his team put out a few days ago to make it look like something that it wasn't I, I just you know if, if he's dealing with stuff off the court and he clearly is I certainly hope that he has taken the time to, to do what's right but but to hear that he's getting treatment or that he's seeking treatment and then two or three days later we find out that find out that he's coming back soon it's an interesting deal I know he's going to speak tonight uh, to another media outlet I just saw there's a report that he's going to do a sit-down interview so we'll learn more on it but the timing is certainly interesting just from the perspective of two three days ago I think we were all applauding him for taking time away to 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 
to do what he needed to do to get his head in the right space. Now it seems like just a few days later he's he's coming right back. Uh, and obviously, so, I think a lot of people are questioning how much you know how much was really accomplished in that. So trip. this treatment that he that he enters is it's after the incident in Denver, right? Like that's sure. which which occurred. Uh, they played the Nuggets on March third. I think it was I think there was a Saturday night. I think they were still in Denver. Um, so it was a Saturday night in the. Actually, no, it made it about the Friday. Friday were, Saturday. Yeah, that's what it was. I woke up to the video on Saturday morning. Yeah, yeah so because they played the Clippers then Sunday night in L.A. and he wasn't available. And they wouldn't fly to L.A. on the same day. So, yeah, so Friday to Saturday, uh, that's where he's at the, the strip club, which, by the way, was March 4th. Hmm. That was less than two weeks ago. So uh, for him to go into uh, counseling or therapy in Florida to address the issues that he has, uh, this is – I do have a I do have an issue with this. I, I – uh, this is this is all PR garbage. This is the Thank NBA you. wanting to protect a star, and I, I, I'm not saying that John ja Morant doesn't deserve a second chance, but the NBA ends up uh, having an investigation in saying that the league concluded that uh, the gun uh, did. Uh, it did not conclude that the gun at issue belonged to Morant, uh, was brought to him into the nightclub, or was displayed by him beyond a brief period. So they're saying that that Ja just had the gun for a short period of time, and, and that was it. They also said the investigation did not find that Morant possessed the gun while traveling with the team or in any NBA facility, which would be a violation of their rules. And the Colorado authorities did not find sufficient uh, cause to charge Morant with the crime. And the police department uh ended up you know saying that there were reasons why they didn't press charges but if this isn't john morant do you think the nba is going to go light on a on a gun situation here where someone's flashing it especially aaron when there was a history in, in wondering if somebody pointed a red laser at members of the indiana pacers mm-hmm. and and now you're giving him an eight game ban five of which were already served and basically it's just about money like what sort of issue or, or like what sort of lesson is learned here? The lesson is do your idiotic things bef- uh, in, in advance of the playoffs so you can be there for the postseason and the NBA doesn't lose one of their stars. I'm not saying John Morant should lose his career for this, but you know what else that ticks me off Are, is the use of therapy. And I'm using air quotes that you can't see on radio. Do you know how difficult it is for people who have a problem to be able to enter therapy and go through that process? whether it be of, of mental health, whether it be of addiction, and to sit there and pass it off to say that he has taken the steps needed to resume, it hasn't even been two weeks since this incident happened. Great call. Like, what are we what are we doing here? You know, I know the NBA is such a player's, like, league, but seriously, maybe the best thing to do is to screw John Morant for a month or, to you know, to take the Grizzlies and say, you know what, he's not coming back until the playoffs and you guys figure it out. Maybe that is the help that he needs for John Morant to realize. They're just talking about him missing eight game checks right now. And, 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 and listen, if this was him going to the strip club and being stupid that's one thing but it's not this indiana pacers thing is a big deal and for him to not learn the lesson gilbert arenas was suspended for the rest of an entire season in late january by david stern you want to know why because he brought guns into an nba locker room and then during the uh, introductions for starting lineups mocked the use of a gun stern's like bleep that you're gone that's you're none of that anymore so here you have an accusation of a team or somebody maybe pointing a laser at the Indiana Pacers and now you have a guy mocking in, in, in you know in an Instagram live video like come on NBA 
you know, you're not fooling anybody. I just think it's, I, I just think it's, I think it's garbage, Aaron. We can talk about it tomorrow. We're going to be in tomorrow. Oh. But I just think it's, I, I think it's an absolute joke. I, so. You, I, I was trying to be diplomatic. I agree a thousand percent. I think just the, the, the baseline point that I would say, you know, my, my wife does work in the mental health space. It is a serious thing. And I very much felt the same way that you did, that they're either mocking or using it as a crutch to get out from real, um, you know, not punishment, but real, um, you know, self-evaluation mm-hmm. from John Morant. And so we have four hours to talk about it tomorrow, but I- I'm just as disappointed as you are. And I'm glad that you took it to that level because what you expressed is very much how I feel. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Camino and Rich on Fox Sports Radio. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. It's time now for our progressive play of the day. 13 seconds remaining in the game. 10 to shoot. Burton, left lane line, mid-range jumper. Give it to him! Jamaria 
Marcus Burton is made for this moment. Three-pointer Shaquille Moore for the win. Tip-up try by Jeffries. No! Off the mark. Pittsburgh escapes. 60 to 59. <laughs> there it was. Our progressive play of the day. Progressive making things even easier. They will help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at progressive.com or 1 800 Progressive. Westwood won on the call as Pitt tops Mississippi State. It looked like Pitt, with about two minutes left, Aaron was ready to go. And then Mississippi State uh, goes on a run and takes the lead. But it's the Panthers who survive and will now face Iowa State coming up on Friday. Good, good one last night in Dayton. It was. It was a fun. It was a fun one. I think what was pit up about six with maybe a minute or so to go. I don't yeah. know. If you just yeah. And uh, you know, you you do feel bad for Mississippi State. I know the joke after was that they were the lowest shooting three point team, and you know, to make the tournament in forever isn't at large. But to have a wide open three season on the line, you advance. It's what everybody waits for, and to to obviously not make it. You feel bad for the kid, but Pitt does advance. And by the way, Pitt wins their next game. There's a chance they could be facing Sean Miller, former Pitt star, who's yes. at Xavier. So. Yes, I, I remember when Sean Miller played at Pitt. I re, I'm old I enough think, to remember those days. I think he was the one that threw the send it in Jerome uh, yes. pass that led to the iconic call from you know our colleague Bill Raftery. Yeah, on Big Monday. Yes, it was. Uh, the way, way back machine. Uh, the other thing that Mississippi State almost had that tip in. They, they, yeah. They actually on the putback. I, I don't know what was worse, if it was the wide open three or the tip that was uh, that was bricked. I know you can't brick a tip, but uh, still, um, there's a tradition in sports, Aaron, that was kept alive today, and it was the unveiling of the Masters dinner that will take place uh, with the Masters champion, the Champions Dinner of, during Masters Week every Tuesday. Of Masters Week, the uh, defending champion gets to pick the menu um, of what the uh, the past champions will eat. And last year, Hideki Matsuyama um, had a miso glazed black cod with a Miyazaki Wagyu steak. Yes, a ribeye and uh, Japanese strawberry shortcake was the menu last year. Ooh. Well, Scotty Scheffler is the uh, winner this year. Aaron, I want to know thumbs up or thumbs down. Here are his appetizers. You ready? Cheeseburger sliders, firecracker shrimp, and tortilla soup. Is that a thumbs Major up? Thumbs up. Major yeah. thumbs up. Talk about what is it, midweek or whatever? <laughs> whatever the opposite of mid and week is. That I, I give enthusiastic thumbs up on that one. Okay, how about this main course of a Texas ribeye steak? And if you don't want, you know, red meat, you could go for a blackened redfish. Ooh, I'll take either or. I'm 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 down. Yes, thumbs up for sure. Give me the yeah. Give me the steak on that. Uh, family style sides including mac and cheese, jalapeno creamed corn, oh fried goodness. Brussels sprouts, and seasoned fries. You you can't just buy tickets to this dinner, right? You yeah. got to be a famous golfer because I'm <laughs> yeah. You got to really win the Masters. Yeah, that's the only way. And dessert. Mm. Uh, it's the ever popular skillet chocolate chip cookie. Mm. I'm so in. I'm there. It's delicious, uh, as was today's episode. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. It's Kavino and Rich on Fox Sports Radio. 
I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.